And this is View the Valley's podcast, season three, episode nine, with TJ Hoover and Chris Smith. TJ, how was your week? Fantastic. Spending money like no, nobody's business. Things keep breaking. We need a home warranty in our house. Well, I was going to ask if you're buying things that you know you wanted to buy. No, clearly not. No, dude. <laughs> Get my refrigerator fixed. No, I mean I want my fridge fixed, but I don't. Want That's not where I want to spend my money. What you it's said into that, my money for the tournament? And you said that like it it flooded the flooded the kitchen. The, well, kind of in the middle of the night, midnight. My wife wakes me up. The water won't turn off. That's the only information I get. (laughs) What do you mean? The fridge is just spewing out water. And apparently the switch behind it stuck. So we spent uh, more money than I'm comfortable with to have it lubricated. After 10 days. Yeah. I just don't understand how it's stuck. If it wasn't being used at the time. No, that's what even the guy was saying. He's like, was somebody using it? Like, no. (laughs) Just in the middle of the night, it started going. Maybe, so, maybe your house haunted. I don't know. It could be. My wife would be thrilled. She did go. Yeah, you guys really decorated for Halloween. Too. She, my wife Jeez. actually went and uh, she and some girlfriends had a medium come over and they met with the medium individually. Why? Because that's what they wanted to do. One of them. Oh, God. Yeah. There's there's a backstory. They probably, I mean, not not from my wife's side, but just. As to how this all got started, but yeah, she was excited about it. Oh. So here I am working on a Saturday, you know, watching Coach Baroni get upset at the officials against Southern Indiana, and my wife's figuring out things about past uh, people in her life. <laughs> you want you want to do it? Nope. <laughs> nope. We'll How's just... your week been? It's been good. Uh, went down to Semo Saturday with with my dad and brother in law and sister. And their kids, uh, great game actually. Simo got off yeah. to a, it's a double OT game, wasn't it? Yeah, and I mean, I tell you what, it looked like it was. It looked like deja vu from the game I saw at SIUE with Tennessee Tech. Mm-hmm. It's like thirty-seven fifteen. Tennessee Tech could not make a basket. May have been more ice cold than they were at Edwardsville. Next thing you know, it's like thirty-seven twenty, thirty-seven twenty-three, thirty-seven twenty-five, then. It's a 12-point game at half. You look up, second half, it, it's tied. Then Simo's losing. I mean, you, you got to give props to Tennessee Tech. I mean, they were down big against Moorhead State, too. I, I can't remember if it was 13 or 16, but nonetheless, they were down 13 or 16 against Moorhead State. Came back, beat them pretty easily. And the get, later on in the game against Simo, uh, I mean, then it got to a point where it looked like nobody wanted to win. Mm-hmm. Um, shots weren't falling. I think only eight total points were scored in the first overtime. Um, but then the second overtime, things got rolling. But I, you know what? We usually don't talk about women's basketball, but I am going to mention this. Um, Tennessee Tech's got a, they got a solid women's team. Um, saw them play at the OVC mm-hmm. tournament last year and in Edwardsville. And I think going forward, like if I see a women's game, I'm going to talk a minute or two about it just because, mm-hmm. you know, they're, and they're uh, they're an aggressive team. Yeah. They can get up and down the floor. But the point being, so in the men's game, I think there were there weren't overly too many fouls called. The women's game was outrageous, absolutely outrageous. I think it was 
I believe it was 61 fouls for 55 free throws. Wow. Or I may have those numbers flip-flopped. It was one, yeah, but one of those two. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like in the women's game that they go five fouls per quarter before you get to bonus, but then they completely wipe them out to start the second, yeah. second and fourth quarter. So in theory, I mean, you could have, I don't say in the first quarter you have 12 fouls called against you. You could commit your 16th foul of the half and the other team doesn't get to shoot free throws. I don't, I don't, I don't understand it, why that's different. I, the 10 minute quarters I'm okay with. That's just one of those things that I really don't understand. Like why isn't it just seven and 10 like it is everywhere else except the NBA basically. And the women's game, you know, I enjoy the women's game too. I think there's a lot more, a, a lot better team play often, a lot crisper oh, yeah, in execution agree. offensively in terms of setting screens and getting people open. But for whatever reason, the game just moves, seems to move slower. And I don't know if it's because like the game isn't as quick and there's more time just for me to glance at the clock to see how much time is left. And I, I, I can't figure it out. You know, I've been working PA for, you know, five or six years now at the D- division two level, mostly. And it's just, and people who just talk to them, you just can't figure it out. And I don't know why. Do you think it's because there's more fouls called or there, there's more stoppage in play? Maybe just, more I feel balls like there's more stoppage in play, but I don't know why that is. You know, I like it. Watch at the Southern Indiana SIUE game. It felt like there wasn't a stoppage in play until SIUE finally had to call timeout with, I think it was under 13 minutes left in that. You know, or it I shouldn't say under 13, under 15 minutes left. You know, they kept kept going, kept going, kept going. There was no fouls, there was a lot of bounds. And all of a sudden, you know, SIUE has to call timeout because uh, Southern Indiana's just raining threes on them. I, I just, it's just, and I feel like other people have shared that kind of perspective, males and females. Like, yeah, it just you have you watch two games back to back. It's just a different flow. Yeah. Now, I mean, I only got to see the last, I think, ten minutes of the women's game, um, but it did feel like it did go slow. Now there were some a lot of free throws mm-hmm. being, you know, being attempted because of the the hefty amount of fouls that were called. Yeah. Um, and and I I do think that is one thing that's different. I don't want to say all the time, but I think in women's, it seems like anytime a girl drives the lane, they call a foul. Now, and I have noticed a little bit lately in some of the men's games, and I think it's changed a little bit in the OVC, like, because there were a couple years in a row, it seemed like any time somebody got in the paint, there was a foul. Mm-hmm. But now, I think more recently, it looks like they're trying to let them play a little bit more. Yeah, I think the game's kind of cleaned up, too. It doesn't seem quite as physical, either. So maybe there's a little bit of both happening. But outside of that, um, I'm not going to say what the restaurant, what name it was, um, but I don't think I even told you this. No. So my dad and I got lunch before the game. We go to the same place every time we go down there. Okay. Um, got a double bacon cheeseburger. Hadn't eaten. It didn't and, have lettuce on it, did it? And, no, it did not have okay. lettuce. Um, maybe worse. Okay. Um didn't notice, didn't notice it the first first couple bites. At this point, I am probably a quarter of a way through the burger. Never paid any attention. And I looked down, I'm like, what is in the middle of those two patties? There was a layer of plastic 
in the middle of the two patties. <laughs> you did, and I notice did not notice until halfway it. through the burgers. Yep. So I, I, I am convinced I ate half a thing of plastic, but now I will no longer go back to that place. Um, they did give a refund, so didn't have to pay for it. But nonetheless, I pulled this out of the burger. I showed it to the lady, and she's like. Well, that's not supposed to be in there. So really, no kidding. <laughs> I wasn't supposed to eat half a thing of plastic. So I don't know if it's one. I of, doubt you ate half of plastic. So I have trouble believing that. I don't know because it, it wasn't like it was one of those thick pieces of plastic. It's like if you were, you know, I worked at a golf course in college. So sometimes you'd have to cook and you'd go in there and get the the patties out had that layer of like plastic in the middle or so I always think of the paper that comes between them so yeah okay maybe the paper but this was actually plastic but it was similar to that so it was like i don't know if they never took the patties out and they just stuck two of them on the on the yeah, flat stove man, and that's still how even that thin for you to bite through it and chew it and not notice it seems pretty maybe they were trying they thought they got all of it and they didn't that's what i'm gonna go with that's just for your safety it could be. I mean, I saw my teeth marks in it, yeah. but I don't know. I quit eating. I think I'll just eat the arena. Thanks, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Went and got a slice of pizza. But outside of that, TJ, we'll look ahead to this week in the OVC and the MVC as well as taking a look back at this past week. Uh, but first, we'll look back at what happened r- recently inside the Missouri Valley, TJ. Um Anything specific that stood out to you or just recap of what happened? Indiana State keeps sliding. That's what I noticed. I just it's They have, haven't they? I mean, they had a heck of a game last night against Drake where they, you know, looked like Drake was just gonna blow their doors off. I think they were up eighteen at one point, Drake was. And Indiana State took the lead late on a magnificent shot. And then uh Drake just hit a shot at the end of the game, you know, with about three seconds to go and uh sealed the deal for him. So that that was huge to me that uh, they had gone that direction with it. So I think they're six and five now after starting out six and zero. Oh. Mm. You know, so trying to trying to get their feet under them. You know, like I thought they were going to get out of it last night with that game against Drake, but that's what stands out to me. You know, going back to last Wednesday, they lose to Bradley at Terre Haute. Yeah, Reinick Mast or Reinick Mast has eighteen and thirteen against them. Great effort by Cam Henry going 11.7 boards and nine assists. I always love it when you get up there seven plus assists. I think that's a heck of a night by a player. So looking at Ken Palm here and this shows, this goes to show what they think of the Missouri Valley right now, or especially him. Um, at the time they were ranked 110 before their losing streak started. Mm-hmm. And since then they are still 129. So yeah. they haven't fallen that much. Yeah, and they've they face a a pretty tough schedule. It's kind of like, yeah. you know, you know, I can't go off the top of my head, but you know, Bradley, Southern Illinois, Drake, you know, all the top of the league, you know. So it's not like they're. It's it seems to be very distinctly in the MVC right now. You have your top eight, and your bottom four. Then you had the away game against Missouri State too. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, Illinois State gave Northern Iowa a scare last Wednesday. You know, behind, uh, you know, Northern Iowa comes away behind Trey Kim- Campbell's 20 points and, uh, you know, gets gets a win there. And then, you know, Missouri State goes to OT with Drake at the Knapp Center and pulls it out there. I actually thought when we were doing the show, I was like, oh, Drake's going to win this game. And then the next day I looked at it and I'm like, 
holy crap, told my son, like, Missouri State won that game. He's like, yeah. He was excited because he's looking at the standings versus SIU. You know, Donovan Clay has really kind of taken over that team, I think. He's really kind of become the leader. I don't know if you remember from a a few years ago, he was at Valparaiso. Yeah. And he's one of the holdovers, one of the few holdovers from last year's roster at Missouri State. So, and then Tucker DeVries is just continuing to make an argument for himself to be player of the year. And then jumping ahead to Saturday, Southern Illinois, Missouri State, you know, another well-fought game by Missouri State and uh, just came up short at the end. You know, I think Southern Illinois was up 10 or 11 at the under four timeout. How was your blood pressure during that game? I was, I, I was kind of monitoring because I was at the SIU Edwardsville game. Oh, okay. So, and then it got to two points and then, you know, uh, was it, they, they had a big step back jumper as the shot clock ran down. SIU did to give it to four points and kind of seal the win. Illinois, Chicago, I feel like keeps threatening to break through. But then when I did my picks for the rest of the year, I don't see them winning another game. I just, I don't know what to, they're like right there on the cusp from games. You know, like they lose to Northern Iowa, 78, 72. You know, and then they had a great game last night against Missouri State. They had a foul, a travel called against him. Was it a foul? Why the guy got knocked down? You know, that, that that's a, a, a difference maker. And then, you know, Evansville's just, man, I, I, I want to see those guys win a game. And I just, I'm not sure if and when it's going to happen. You know, they're playing, they played Drake, lost by 30. Belmont Bradley was the, the marquee game of the weekend, I thought, though. What about Valpo winning again? Yeah. You know, on a three-game win streak, you know, kind of seeing the other, they finally are playing those those that bottom four group, going on that four-game winning streak. Ben Shepard having another big night. You know, uh, I think freshman of the year right now is Avila out of Indiana State. You know, had another eighteen point seventeen board or seven boards, excuse me, against Murray State as they lost. Indiana State lost to them again, and like you said, Valparaiso with like a kind of a statement win over Illinois state beating them by 20, you know, so you know, maybe they're kind of finding themselves now that they're getting to that part of the schedule. And then the only matchup we had on Sunday, oh, there was, it wasn't one, sorry. And we jump ahead to Tuesday because we're recording on Wednesday here, Southern Illinois hosting Murray state that this, this one got a little tense. Southern Illinois pulls away a part up ahead by 10 Murray State comes back, takes the lead, and it's kind of back and forth. And Murray State had a bunch of shots at the end of the game that could have, you know, closed that gap. And then uh, anyone who follows the Valley's probably seen it by now. That there was a dust up between the two benches. Uh, Coach Prome was very upset with the officials chasing him down the tunnel there at uh, the Banterra Center. And you know, if you watch the the clip, Coach Mullins from SIU is over there. With the, with the student section. Oh, it's like he was blindsided by yeah, it. Yeah, like he, and all of a sudden he turns around and he, you know, he's running over there. And, they're keep, and the coaches did a great job of keeping people apart, you know. And I don't know if you saw the clip all the way through where, who did you just tell me it was number 55 for Murray State? I'm just drawing a blank now. Oh, Burns. Burns. I want to keep saying Henry. That's a kid from Indiana State. He's going off the court and some middle-aged guy. It's just giving him the yes, yelling at him. And now Burns wants to come back out. I was like, my wife is like, you're a grown ass man. You just get away from him. Like, I just don't, I, I can't understand why people do that. You know, you play high school sports. You yeah. saw it happen where oh, yeah. 
middle-aged men are yelling at you like, dude, I'm 15. What are you, what are you doing? Like even at that level, you know, we talked about last year when they had the, the Murray State SEMO uh, game. Yep. And you could hear the crowd talking trash. Uh, we touched on the Missouri State, Illinois, Chicago game. Again, Donovan Clay, 19 points for uh, his team. And then Drake, Indiana State. Garrett starts with a double-double, 11 points, 10 boards. And I think uh, – Trying to check my notes here. Yeah, and DeVries had 21 points again. Avila for Indiana State has 22 points and seven boards. And McCauley, had a, he had, he's the one who hit the shot to give him the lead. He had 22 points. So he had a heck of a night as well. So uh, maybe Indiana State's going to break through again, but man, they're just kind of things are just kind of. They can't buy a win yet. Yeah, it's just, it's. They they seem to have been living right the first six games and now they just can't find find their footing right now. So, you know, I I, th- I think the Ohio Valley is really kind of in the last week. It's like, well, <laughs> things aren't going the way we thought they were going to go. You know, so no. what did you see over there? I mean, before we get going into the games from Thursday, from what happened Thursday and Saturday, it's a six way tie for first place. Yeah, six teams at five and three. I mean, mm-hmm. unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, wide open. Uh, but you look at Thursday, um, you were at this game, Moorhead State, SIUE. I thought this was one of the best games of the day. And SIUE, I believe, was favored by eight points, I would wow. like to say. Eight, maybe? Eight and a half. Eight and a half they were favored. But, man, I tell you, Moorhead looked good. Their defense looked good. The thing I noticed, I've always been a big paint touch person. Like, you get a paint touch. And things you think your shooters live off of inside out passes. You know, what do you mm-hmm. practice? Yep. Your buddies rebound and pass you the ball inside out. They I don't think Southern Illinois had much success getting to the paint at all. You know, with Miner and Taylor being able to get to the paint to create those opportunities for their teammates. And then they just shot the lights out in Moorhead State did. I think at one point they were shooting like sixty percent from the floor. So Funny thing, if you didn't, if you weren't there, you wouldn't have known this. SIUE did not miss a free throw. Yes, eleven for eleven. But the last one, Rayshon Taylor had gotten fouled on a three. Hits the first two. He tries to miss the last one, and he fires it in there, banks it in. <laughs> it's just like, oh man, you couldn't even couldn't even miss the free throw. I thought you were gonna say it was a lane violation. <laughs> no, I mean it was just, it was a hundred miles an hour. Like probably threw it as hard as my son can throw a baseball. oh shit if you know you know um but more (laughs) more had had a really balanced game they they didn't really go too deep either they had uh their main six um they went nine guys deep but three of them played nine minutes or less um they had five guys in double figures between 10 and 15 points a really balanced uh, they shot 47% from three-point range, and that was an area that Moorhead improved at against SIUE. Held Edwardsville to 7 of 23 from three-point range, 30%, and that was an area where Tennessee Tech lit them up um, a couple games back. So Moorhead State got back on track there. Mark Freeman led the way, 15 points. Uh, another good game by Rayshon, though, for SIUE, 24 points, four assists, four steals. Um. UT Martin at SEMO. Um, not going to lie, this was a game I thought SEMO was going to win. 
UT Martin's got good offense down there, though. Jordan Sears, a guy that many may not you know hear the name of because he's blanketed by KJ Simon and uh, Parker Stewart. You know, them two are doing their thing, and Jordan mm-hmm. Sears is kind of the I don't want to say afterthought, but he's kind of the guy that's doing good, but most don't uh, hear the name. Philip Russell. I believe was supposed to play in the game, but then I guess before lineups were exchanged, starting five announced, uh, they said he had an ankle injury, didn't play the whole game. And, and it was pretty noticeable. Um, I think at one point it was under 10 minutes to go in the first half. And I think Simo had seven points. I, I always think if a kid gets hurt the day before and you don't have time to really prep for it as a team, it's, it's always difficult. I mean, even if you have a two days before, like okay, still, now now we can we can adjust. Coaches can prepare sure. for it. They can get your kids prepared for it. But man, for that guy to go down in warmups is just like oh it, yeah, you know, trying to get your team kind of <clears throat> to circle the wagons. And that, that's an area that he's pretty good at. I mean, credit to UT Martin going on the road, um, getting a win. I mean. They've struggled on the road this year. They're three and seven. So good, good job for the Skyhawks, Coach Ritter's team getting the win at Cape. Um, but a, the difference in that game was UT Martin ten of twenty one from three point range, nearly fifty percent. Simo shot fourteen percent from distance, three of twenty two. Um, now a lot of that had to do with they got down so far mm-hmm. or so much early, they just started jacking threes. So Simo lost by twenty there. Tennessee Tech squeaked out a win at Little Rock. What is showing by Little Rock? Absolutely. I mean, unbelievable. Had five guys in double figures. Yeah, and you got to credit. You got to credit the Little Rock players. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, they're not looking at the standings, but they know how many games they've won in conference and how many they've lost. Mm -hmm. You know, but you know, even look at Saturday. But we'll get there. We'll get there in a second. Um, But a a good performance out of CJ White, double double, eleven points, thirteen rebounds. Um, but for Tennessee Tech, Jalen Seabury, right. transfer, grad transfer from Moorhead, 21 points. Um, I'll be honest, and I think we said it, or at least I said it, one of the episodes prior. I did not expect Tennessee Tech to be this competitive after watching right. them go 0-2 on that SIU Lindenwood swing. I mean, their offense was ice cold back-to-back games, and since then they've been they've been really lighting it up. Um, Southern Indiana beat Lindenwood 81-65 on the road. And then Tennessee State beat EIU 78-74. Great game out of Marcus Fitzgerald. 26 points, 4 assists for Tennessee State. And Kenyon Hodges put up 22 points and 6 boards for the Panthers. Yeah. you know, he, so He's been flying under the radar for Eastern Illinois. You know, so 4 for 7 from 3-point range. I mean, that's that's pouring it up. Poured it in. Not up. But looking at Saturday... Touching on Little Rock, um, they took it to Tennessee State, 89-77. Mm-hmm. Um, 50 points in the second half, another great game by C.J. White, 21 points, 7 boards, 5 assists, pretty balanced effort there. Um, and they did that all basically inside the paint. They only made three three-pointers. Wow. Um, take that and all the fouls Tennessee State committed. Little Rock attempted 37 free throws, 28 makes. And on and on the floor, fifty six percent. Junior Clay, thirty three points, six assists. I mean, I can't imagine what Tennessee Tech would look like if he was still there. 
Yeah. Because, um, man, my God, he's been on fire this mm-hmm. year. Um, Moorhead State, 72-63 over Lindenwood. Great game for Alex Gross, 18 points, six rebounds, four blocks. Um, UT Martin, 91-78 over Eastern Illinois. And then uh had already mentioned the double overtime game, SEMO and Tennessee Tech. But Chris Harris, 23 points, 11 rebounds, one steal. Now, Philip Russell was out the game before against UT Martin, and he did look a little rusty in this one, four of 16 from the floor, but he had eight assists. Um, so without without his assists, who knows where, where they're at. But Dylan Branson, 12 rebounds, um, really balanced effort, kind of a kind of an integrity win for SEMO mm-hmm. um, to see how much they got torched Thursday and then to give up a 22-point lead um, to hang on and win. But as I've said before, really impressed with uh, Javis Harvey um, of Tennessee Tech, and he had 22 points, five rebounds, three steals against SEMO. 2,600 in attendance, too, for SEMO. That's a big crowd for Cape. But outside of that, TJ, that wraps up uh, what we got in the OVC. I wanted to mention Southern Indiana's Jacob Polakovich goes for 16 points, 23 boards against the Cougars. Mm. He did that earlier too. Yeah. So he's, I mean, it's just like, I mean, just working his tail off, like just right there the whole time. Uh, just, he's always in the play. Like he's always right around it. So um, I'm going to, that's something I'm going to keep a closer eye on as this OVC season goes on is Polakovich and his rebounding statistics. So I haven't looked at, what they're at right now for the regular season, but hopefully they'll be uh, they'll be in the tournament come come into the year. I'd love to see them play in person. I mean, right now they're tied for first with five other teams, but mm-hmm. we'll see. So, what do you got on the Missouri Valley side this week, TJ? Three games Saturday, three games Sunday. Uh, Missouri State goes to Murray State, and I think Missouri State's been playing well, but I think Murray State at home's tough to pick against you know they've been yeah. pretty solid there um and then northern iowa indiana state and i know northern mm-hmm. iowa just had that close call with uh was it, i say illinois state last week but indiana state do they stop this slide that's going to be a big game i think in terms of seating looking down the road between those two and then evansville and valparaiso like valparaiso just beat evansville at evansville but now they get a home game against them i I, I think you're the smart money's on Valparaiso <clears throat> to win if you're just going straight up. Southern Illinois, Illinois State, Illinois State's been playing better, you know, having some good games like we talked about with Northern Iowa. Uh, but then, you know, they have the, the tough game against Valparaiso. I think Drake Belmont is your game of the weekend. Drake's going to Belmont, and it just, it, that should be a heck of an effort. You know, I, I think it'd be a good game to see. And then Bradley, Illinois, Chicago. You know, can Illinois, Chicago break through? I just, I have a tough time right now putting any money or any faith in Illinois, Chicago. And it's not to say that they're a bad team. I just don't, that they haven't been getting the breaks lately. So, uh, so that's the weekend. Then going into next week, I think your big game is, your two big games, but Southern Illinois goes to Bradley. Oh, I think that could be state, yep. one of uh, a significant um, standing for the, the rest of the season. Uh, Valparaiso at Missouri State, you know. What team are you going to get out of Valpo in that right, one? Right, and sometimes what team are you going to get out of Missouri State? True. Although they've shown some more consistency lately. 
uh, Illinois, Chicago, Illinois State. You know, again, kind of that 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 bottom tier as the standings go. You know, they're both in that, that bottom four. And then the OVC rivals, Belmont and Murray State, play each other Ooh, that'll be at cool. Murray State. You know, and I know a lot of the Murray State fans felt like the officiating seemed to favor Belmont when they were at Belmont. So it kind of the, the tenacity the tenacity, excuse me, that they showed last night against Southern Illinois, you know, it's kind of showing what kind of team that, that, that Coach Prohm has there at Murray State this year. You know. Um then you have the in state rivalry, Indiana State Evansville. Again, you know, on the surface you think, oh well, Indiana State should win that game. But, you know, when things aren't going well, it seems like they don't go well in bunches. And, you know, if Indiana State can't pull out a win on over the weekend, what's that going to look like come Wednesday? You know, is Evansville going to smell blood? And then I think your other big game is Northern Iowa at Drake. Sure. So, you know, I think it'd be – I'm just trying to see what time they're on, if I can spread them all out. You know, they're all 7-7-8 seven, seven, and eight for the big three games that next week, so – I mean, you got to like what Prohm's done at Murray State this year. Especially with having to turn over his entire roster. That's what I'm saying. You know, to be able to compete right now in the Missouri Valley. Yeah. um, Be competitive. um, Be where they're at in the standings. Have a chance right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, it goes to show what kind of recruiting he was able to do to get guys to come in and buy And one of your best players is out because of some off-court troubles. Which, if you have a chance to see what Coach Prohm said about helping the young man out, you know, he's like, hey, it's, it's not the worst thing. But it's not the best thing, and it seems like they're going to be try try to be real supportive of him through this process. But on the OVC side, TJ, um, big game tomorrow night, SIUE at Tennessee Tech. Really looking forward to that one, and I'm sure um, Coach Pelfrey's team looking forward to it as well. Seeing how ice cold they shot to open the season for the OVC mm-hmm. side, um, yeah, they definitely got thing like that wasn't their true colors no I, I can't really remember but i thought they had like was it 61 points maybe somewhere in the the low 60s yeah, it wasn't good but um i think you're going to expect a better game out of tennessee tech um but siu's defense maybe this becomes a little bit lower scoring game or it could be mm-hmm. a game where they get up and down the floor right tennessee tech's offense has been been firing on all cylinders here in the last month um but i think that's going to be a good one um, Little Rock and Moorhead State. Moorhead State favored by seven and a half. That's the only line out on the games for tomorrow at this point. Uh, UT Martin and Lindenwood. Uh, Tennessee State travels to SEMO and then Eastern Illinois at Southern Indiana for Thursday. Uh, you go you go ahead to Saturday. Another big game. That's the one SIUE's in again. Uh, Moorhead State. Um, SIUE out for vengeance after Moorhead State held them to less than 60 points in the last week. Um, Lindenwood and Tennessee State, Little Rock at Tennessee Tech, and then you got SEMO at EIU and then Southern Indiana at UT Martin. Uh, if you're looking at the rest of the slate outside SIUE and Moorhead State, I think the other game you're keeping an eye on is the Southern Indiana and UT Martin. Yeah, I think Southern Indiana's been playing really well lately. They have. You know, getting those two wins on the road last week. I think Coach Gerard's doing a heck of a job. Yeah, I agree. First year Division One, um, got them five and three in conference play, twelve and nine overall. Um, the area to note here is UT Martin's a hell of a team at home. Ten and one at home. 
Um, they're north and south from home and away. Um, so you got to like UT Martin in that game, but you got to expect Southern Indiana to probably light it up from three point range. So mm-hmm. if they're going to be able to compete in that one, it's going to be from distance and and Polakovic having a thirty eight rebounds, having eleven yes. hundred rebounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, man, what would they do without him? I don't under, know. I mean, you know. Yeah, he really opens things up for Jelani Simmons and company. You know, he's he's kind of a. I mean, he's an afterthought right now in college basketball. Like, I mean, I, mm-hmm. he hasn't made too many headlines. I know he was he made a headline for earlier in the season when they I forgot who they played against, but it was like twenty four rebounds or twenty four points, twenty six rebounds somewhere along that line. But yeah, he's on. He's doing a hell of a job under the hoop. Jelani Simmons, best hair in the OVC. Think so? Oh yeah. He didn't have his braids in. I mean, it looked fantastic. It was awesome. Looks completely different than his his uh, roster picture on ESPN. Side note, um, worth noting, um, Tennessee Tech Saturday, I think they had like 33 bench points. I mean, and Brett Thompson, um, 18 points off the bench, four or five from three-point range. And it seemed like anything he was throwing up was going in. Um, So... Probably look to see him get some additional playing time here this week. Um, big games for Tennessee Tech. But other than that, TJ, do you got anything to add here before we wrap up? Did you do your picks for both leagues or just for the OVC? I did the OVC. Okay. So who do you have going into the tournament as your number one seed? Because we know that the OVC sets it up for their top teams to, to uh, have a greater chance of winning the tournament. I don't have the win-loss record, um, but going off of what I wrote down, I believe I had Moorhead State as the one seed. Okay. Um, I just they're the way five they're five and pl- three right now. Just the way they're playing defensively. I mean, I just I feel yeah. like they're going to be tough to beat with the mm-hmm. remaining schedule. Yeah, I feel like they always talk about in playoff baseball, good pitching beats good hitting, and I feel like down the stretch, like in basketball. You yep. can rely on your defense night in and night out. If you're relying on your shooting, then you're it's not as consistent. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I had Moorhead State. I don't have them lose another game. I have them finishing fifteen and three, and that's probably the high of having seen them. You know, sure. if they're only five and three right now, and expect them to go ten and zero. Maybe I, I, I can see where that's a little pie in the sky, <laughs> but at the same time. You know, I think beating Edwardsville on the road was a big win, and to get them back now at Moorhead State next week is, uh, you know, I, I, I don't see them losing coming out. So yeah, I have Moorhead State and Tennessee Tech top of the league to finish it out. Yeah, my top four I got is uh, Moorhead State, um, Tennessee Tech, SEMO, and SIUE. Um, that's the top four I got. Yeah, I went ahead and did it on the MVC side as well. And like you, I went through and picked every game and I tried not to be a homer. And, <laughs> but I know there's 17 and five right now that, but two factors come into play here. One, they're already at the top of the league. They only have two road games against the top eight <clears throat> remaining, like the top eight and the bottom four. They'll have two of those are road games. Sure. And even if they tie with Belmont, 
they get the the tiebreaker oh, wow. because of the ridiculous schedule of those two don't play each other twice. So I, they only had one head to head. They don't have two games. Hmm. So I have. I mean, I, I can see why you do that then. SIU at one, Belmont two, Bradley three, and Drake four. I, you just gotta like what Belmont's done first mm-hmm. year in the Valley. Yeah. I mean. I know I've said it before, but the start they got off to would not have expected them mm-hmm. to stay competitive as they are right now. But they've been doing it. So we're at the halfway point. Before you know it, it's going to be March. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like February is the shortest month or something. Yeah I, yeah, I think you're making that up. Hey, did you know this? Maybe you didn't. That except in leap years, the day of the month and the day of the week match up exactly for February and March. Really? Yep. I had no idea. So like February 1st will be next Wednesday, right? Yeah, next Wednesday. Yep. March 1st will be on a Wednesday. Wednesday. Mm -hmm. I never noticed that. Yeah. Look at this, learn something new every day. That's what I'm here for. Wait, wait till next week. I'll tell you about bread ties. You're going to be doing the show by yourself. I'm just going to walk out, leave it. <laughs> I'm going to leave it recorded as you talk. The color of the bread ties tells you what day of the week the bread was made. Really? Mm-hmm. Dang. Maybe I've been living under a rock. I, I mean, I don't know why. I, I, I mean, it's not like I eat bread. Is that, that common day. for most people to know that? I don't know. Do I know common stuff sometimes? No. Is our oh. audience giving me weird looks over here? Well, maybe, yes. <laughs> I think I've been living under a rock, so we're going to wrap it up there. Before you throw another question at me and I can't... Uh... Oh, yeah, I didn't know that either. You didn't throw a question at you. I was throwing knowledge at oh, you. Oh, yeah, well, clearly didn't know. You're going to go to a trivia night? Like, green is for Monday. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, that wraps up episode nine here on View of the Valleys. For TJ Hoover, I am Chris Smith. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to tune in next week for episode 10. You can subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, and SoundCloud, and give us a follow on Twitter at ViewValleysPod. Enjoy the rest of your week. Have a good one, everybody.